Hello and welcome to We Got a Podcast, a podcast about Dragon Ball from A to Z. From Earth to Namek to Sadala, we cover it all. My name is Randy. And I'm Doug. We're the world's strongest under the heavens duo here every other week to talk your ear off about fights, goofs, and everything else in the Dragon Ball cosmos. But guess what? It doesn't stop at a duo this week. We're joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Anime AJ. How you doing, man? Yeah, good. I, I've not been on a podcast in a really long time. So I've like, and I've not done YouTube videos in ages. So I feel like I've kind of like, I've lost the like the the entertainer like persona or voice. Mm-hmm. I or feel whatever. like that so every just, week, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm a guy now. I don't right. do. I don't do things. <laughs> you're you're the Gohan who's lost the ability to turn Super Saiyan for no reason. Yeah. I mean, I'm you know I've got the green tracksuit on right now. Yeah. I'm all prepped up and ready for this role. <laughs> We didn't that, ask you to wear that. You just wear that on your own choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how I do. <laughs> I, I appreciate the enthusiasm. Doug, uh, normally we talk about what's new with us. Doug, what's new with you? Uh, just about to get ready for a trip that I'm going to with a bunch of friends up to like Ooh. a Deep Creek Lake, which is just kind of like a cabin area in like the north where it snows all the time. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited for that. Nice. How about you? I recently, okay, so my goal in 2021 uh, was I'm going to play one of these dang Yakuza games, dang it, because everybody loves them and I've never tried yeah, it. Yeah, they're so good. Uh, so I finally started Yakuza Kiwami. I'm about like seven hours in on chapter five, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hooked. The first little bit didn't really grab me, but then once I started to unlock some more abilities uh, combat-wise, I was like, oh, okay, now well, we're all wrong. about like a side quest too, man. It's just how wacky and fun <laughs> the side quest can be. I can get like seven hours just... Going to like the batting cages. Oh yeah, I've I've heard of the batting cages. I haven't been there yet. Mm-hmm. I did I did do some like uh, the remote control race car stuff. <laughs> which... That's actually my least favorite. I just looked, looked a walkthrough for that. I'm like I'm not gonna sit here and try and decipher what these cars do and their stats. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. I just it was the first thing I walked into. I'm like, all right, we'll see what this is all about. And it was kind of fun. But it's all fun and charming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now I know that you're not usually on the show, so there's you know everything that you do is new to us. But uh, <laughs> what have you been up to, AJ? I made a grave mistake in July. Uh-oh. I uh, I hopped back into Final Fantasy XIV, the MMO. <laughs> oh, and no. when I say hopped back into, I mean like got into properly. Like I I first played that like back when it came out and like barely touched it mm-hmm. and like tried little bits here and over the years to try and get into it and it just never really clicked for me. But then I don't know. Just like come July, I was like, you know, I'm going to give it an honest go. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's like the new expansion coming out soon. Let's give it a try. And it like clicked this time. And I've played like 400 hours since then. And like nice. all I think about is Final <laughs> Fantasy and everything like hurts. And I don't know what reality is anymore. <laughs> like it's it's wild. Like I I got weirdly into like the role play side of things. Like last night I ended up in like a weird nightclub that had like strip rooms hey, in it that you could yeah. like pay my, like it was very weird i mean i must say i was not involved in that i just noticed it of course it happened of course. around you not uh, <laughs> yes exactly to you <laughs> so yeah it's it's been weird like discovering the the bizarre side of uh mmos yeah, is, yeah i didn't even get, get that um, deep but that's totally makes sense that it can yeah it's it's crazy um and then in real life God, real life. What a thing. <laughs> what is that? Um, yeah, since since moving away from YouTube, like I'm still involved with YouTube, but like behind the scenes now. Um, if you know the YouTuber, totally not Mark. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I now work for him full time. Uh, and I guess like I, I handle his like sponsorship stuff. 
So like, if you ever see like, oh, this video is sponsored by you know, Raid Shadow Legends, or whatever, then like, <laughs> that was me. Ah, okay. I wrote, I wrote the thing and organized the, you know. Do you also um, do thumbnails and, and things like that too? Yeah. So like, the actual artwork on the thumbnail will either be uh, Mark's own work or it will be uh, Trev, another community artist. Um, mm. I tend to do like the actual layout and like typography and that kind of stuff. Right. Mm. Um, yeah, and just like general assistance across the channel. Those videos like impress me to no end. Like it's always I always go into it thinking, yeah, I might give this a watch, and I end up like like living off off of his words <laughs> as he's mm. speaking. I'm like, oh my god, yes, <laughs> yes, totally, you're nailing it. I'll just watch Good one, shit. but then oops, now I've watched four. Yeah, and now yeah, I exactly. Catch back up. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an insanely hard worker, and it's it's very interesting to see like the amount of work that goes into like a channel that size. Um, I think. It definitely highlighted for me that like I don't have the right personality type, I think, to to stick with something like that so consistently. Like you have to have like right. such a, a I regime. I don't you know, either. You have someone to tell you what to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I I, so, I yeah. tried dabbling in it, but it's like nope. I I have like motivation to make a video once every six months, and that's not yeah. enough for YouTube to be relevant. No, for sure. Uh, awesome. Well, that's cool. I'm uh, happy to hear that. I'm kind of scared. I do want to jump into Final Fantasy XIV again myself. I did it a number of years ago, um, played with just one friend, and I played until we got to the point where we couldn't do everything, just the two of us, and I spent like an hour looking for another player to join uh, a seasonal event. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. That's the, that's the Final Fantasy that Mike keeps telling everyone to hop on, right? He's like, let's play Final Fantasy XIV every, every chance he gets, right? Yeah. I uh, I should have kept ignoring him. But... <laughs> now your life is <laughs> changed forever. <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. Um, I'd love to be talking more about uh, Final Fantasy XIV and, and see if I can be tricked by its siren song. Uh, but I think that we need to talk about what we're here to talk about this time, which uh, is going to be our next in our, our movie review lineup, uh, which is Dragon Ball Z Fukatsu no F or Resurrection F. Doug, we both just watched this movie uh, mm-hmm. last night. So why don't you tell me what this movie is all about? Let's see. The Earth is finally at peace, but remnants of Frieza's forces have arrived to revive him with the Dragon Balls. And so the worst wish in the history of the universe is granted. And Frieza, plotting his revenge against the Saiyans, is revived at last. Heck yeah. So, as context, this movie came out April 18th to, uh, I was going to say 2005, but no, no, it's more recent. Uh, 2015, uh, which was just a little over two years after Battle of Gods came out and just months before Dragon Ball Super's big premiere. And this is a movie directed by uh, Tadayoshi Yamamuro, however you want to feel about him. Um, Did we know but- that Super was coming out at this time? I can't remember. I want to say we did know in April, so that would put it at the right time. Mm -hmm. And we were waiting, like, we had gotten an announcement, then we'd got a logo, but we didn't have any, like, art. But they were like, it's coming out this summer, and we're like, uh, that's a little soon. That freaking logo, (laughs) that image of, like, Goku swimming with his arms, like, all wacky. (laughs) It's all all coming back now. Ugh, man, what's... Strange times, but uh, we watched a little bit of a special version of this movie uh, rather yeah, than a the... little bit, a, a lot of it, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, the supercut done by uh, Anime AJ himself. Uh, version two of such was released July twenty second, twenty sixteen. Five long years it's been, man. Do you remember working on this? Yeah, I oof, I remember quite a lot of it because it just kind of consumed everything which it shouldn't have done because <laughs> uh like i i was i was in university at the time 
And it was my final year. And so it's like the most hectic year. And yet, despite that, I decided, you know, why not not do work and just... <laughs> Take on the biggest project <laughs> Do, do a fan edit of a film for some reason. Yeah. Of a film you're yeah, not even that, like, that much of a fan of. Well, so this is the bizarre thing, right? Like, it's, it's so weird to look back on Resurrection F and like how I feel about it now compared to what it was like at the time. Um, like the hype for me for Resurrection F was huge. Like I, I went to Japan to see Resurrection Whoa, F. Oh shit! It was weird comparing like the the types of audiences because I was just sort of again, yeah, um, back in the UK. Like the Japanese audience, like it just come out, but it was just silence, <laughs> like no reaction to anything. Oh really? <laughs> you come back to the UK and everyone and everyone's just like, yeah, <laughs> or like laughing, like everything. Like, it's just it's such a cultural difference. Yeah, yeah I think so. That's cool. Um, Because it it was exactly the same with uh, Broly, which I I also um, got to see in Japan. Like, just, again, totally the same. Just, like, total silence throughout all of Broly. And then um, I actually saw... Yeah, I saw Broly at the UK premiere here in Leicester Square. Um, And, yeah, that was just a totally different experience. Like, that was just fans wild. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Same here in America. Like, I think I'd I'd love that experience more. Just everyone The energy in the room. Yeah, the energy in the room and gushing out. It's great. Yeah, it's funny because like I'm, I'm someone who is like I, I just need silence in the cinema. Like, I'm the kind of person <laughs> right. who like if you make if, if you start rustling next to me, I like just death glare. <laughs> just 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 don't even start. And yeah, like when it comes to to Dragon Ball films, I just kind of like that atmosphere. Yeah, um, it's fun. But no, I get it because I went to go see Eternals last week, and I decided to go to a theater you know where they uh, serve food to you while you while you watch the movie which i'm thinking sure. yeah this is perfect like food and movie that sounds great but it's like every 10 minutes 10 or 5 minutes there's always someone walking by waiters and you know just talking like what do you want to eat what do you want this oh you want some of this and it's just like okay this is way more distracting than i it's obviously more distracting than i thought it was going to be Oh, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, I don't think I'll do it again. It was a good idea and, and concept, but yeah, I've like, got that little one part where talking has to happen. See, I love my <laughs> my Alamo Draft House because they will serve food the whole time, but it's very much a silence thing. They just have order cards, and you write what you want, and you just put it on like the end of the table, and they'll walk, they'll like sneak by silently, grab it, and then walk away. Oh, really? And just no, go I, get what you want. My theater was yeah. like a woman, just a woman, a customer, just like, oh, what do you have to drink? He's like, oh, well, we got a sprite, and you got Oof. this. And I was like, oh no, yeah, that would take me out of it. I wouldn't want to do that either. It's L- luckily it was just Eternals, so. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a big miss. <laughs> Little distractions I don't like, but if it's something like, you know, having that energy in the room of everybody like cheering at appropriate moments, I think that has right. a really nice effect. Right. Um, if it's a baby crying, I'm like, shut that baby up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk about uh, kind of how this movie unfolds. So I took some notes here and I wanted to bring up that uh, it starts very strongly by centering the movie on Vegeta, which is I love interesting. That. Yeah, because I mean it's... we've seen it before, so we know kind of like how the end fight goes. But seeing that at the start, I was really excited because I'm like, oh, cool, we're gonna give uh, Vegeta more of a spotlight. I'm a I'm a fan of the guy. I think that he uh, deserves having some more screen time. I think but, without you know, knowing, uh, like in retrospect, if you didn't know that Vegeta's Vegeta is basically the big twist at the end. You'd be wondering, like, why is there so much attention on Vegeta right now in the beginning of this movie? But it totally makes sense uh, looking back on it, you know? Yeah, I mean, that was, like, my kind of my thought process behind it. Um, I I always felt like the, the Vegeta blue stuff, it's cool the first time you see it. Mm-hmm. But then I felt like once the spectacle wears off, it's just kind of there. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, right, okay. 
how this come about how <laughs> and really why see much like yeah yeah, like you, you only ever really see uh, Goku and Vegeta sparring a little bit with Whis, and that's kind of it. Um, and so with the edit, I thought, well, I really like what the, the Super TV series did, which is to have Vegeta kind of upset that, that Goku has kind of surpassed him a little bit mm-hmm. with this whole God stuff. Um, I, I love the idea of him being upset about that and deciding to go and do something about it. Um, like of his own, you know, volition. Like that's that's it's, a very Vegeta thing. It's Vegeta good on thing Super to, to, to include that kind of stuff in there in the first place. Yeah, like I always felt like those little, um, they're not filler, but additions to the story mm-hmm. uh, were were some of Super's strongest moments. So to be able to to weave in some of that stuff uh, was was really exciting. And um, yeah, I, I just I love that stuff to see him reacting to something from Battle of Gods and then going and training and building up to something that ultimately serves as the the climax of the film um i think my goal there was to add more connective tissue than what there originally was mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to uh try and make that big blue reveal feel earned somehow um i don't know that it necessarily <laughs> succeeds in that because there's only so much you can do um but i think at the very least there's a little bit more to his training now than just uh i'm punching Whis a little bit like yeah yeah a lot of it like know. left a interpretation like just like oh i guess this must have happened right you don't have to fill it in uh yourself and i do like that sort of natural um bridge between the previous movie uh and what's going to be happening in this one rather than it just being their own segmented things and they you know they'll reference each other but it's kind of like oh well we're not gonna naturally explain how the Events of the last movie led into this one. Um, I really appreciated that. And then also, you know, having more time with Vegeta being his goofy self, uh, where he's kind of got to, you know, talk Whis into letting him come along and, you know, yeah. uh, the instant ramen and things like that. Uh, changing Beerus' sheets. There's so much from this portion of Super that I, you know, I watched once and I never watched again. And it's been five, six years. It's like, I forgot all about oh, this. Yeah, so I, was, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I, told, I told you, Andy, but I didn't, tell, I didn't tell AJ that I don't think I've ever seen this part of Super. I think once I heard that it was just going to be a retelling of the movies, I'm like, I don't want to waste my time with this. And so this is my first time actually seeing these scenes at all. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, okay. besides the the cooking scene where it's just kind of like just meme to hell that everyone's just going to post screenshots of at the time. Like I knew that existed, but I've never actually seen it in in action. So it was. It was. Ed, ed, ed. Did you think? I was just going to say, like, as someone who who hadn't seen that, did you think it at least does it gel with the rest of the film? It does. I it feel really like it's does. very hard to find people who don't. If it, if it know, wasn't for the obvious like animation change where it, it goes from like movie quality to TV quality, I don't think I would have noticed like, oh, this is definitely a, a new a new scene. It would have just flow naturally so you did a great job with that okay that's good to hear i took a note here from during that training of do we think that weiss is secretly training vegeta to be a better husband and that bulma is in on it (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's having him like change sheets and like do everything like he's got him on a short leash and that's bulma specifically was was angry at vegeta in the beginning for like being dirty after training and like you just mess up our room all the time and then cut to this part of the movie where he's cleaning up beerus's room (laughs) just seems too intentional i mean that's canon now that's how that yeah that that is that's perfect this isn't even this isn't even part of training to become a a god of destruction it's just literally just to make bulma happy (laughs) 
my next note here. Uh, this isn't so much about the the edit from um, the supercut, but uh, how do we feel about uh, Cruden becoming a cop? <laughs> like, does that seem like a, <laughs> a normal career choice for this man, or is it out of nowhere and just something to do? I think in like <laughs> Dragon Ball's Dream World, where the uh, the police are all lovely, <laughs> it makes sense. It's uh... <laughs> It's it's you know he's fighting for justice. He's the, yeah, you know, yeah. Mr. Mr. Earthling. It always just know, felt weird to have him as a cop and just have him. I don't know. I guess taking orders from someone in that aspect. I don't know. I kind of felt like he should have done like a great Saiyan man kind of role, but I don't know. Yeah, that would have also worked. Mm-hmm. I think thinking about that way, where it is sort of doing the right thing, you know, serving uh, justice, but not going overboard and being a costume superhero like not being Gohan a vigilante and like actually <laughs> obeying by his own by the law as well. Oh man, what if he became like a crazy vigilante, like gritty Batman, and then Great Simon was like, "Hey, you're doing things our <laughs> own." I mean, that's totally wrong, but that would just be a what, dumb he was, thing. Like, Punisher, <laughs> just like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I just had who lives and dies. Like, no, Krillin. <laughs> I might be misremembering this correctly, but also I might be the only one. AJ, did you play uh, Kakarot? Uh, I played up to Raditz. Hey, and too. Quit. <laughs> I uh, just totally dropped it. That's, this is not for me. <laughs> That's fair. I just had one random note because I recently played through the, the DLC for Resurrection F. And um, in the movie, they bring up that Frieza's coming in the landing outside of North City. So I wrote, I'm pretty sure in Kakarot he lands outside of West City, so that's a cinema sin, if anything I've ever seen, either for the movie or for the game. Right. Because uh, I believe it's just right outside of West City where um, Bulma's house and stuff is. But I was like, huh, that's an interesting what, thing. Does Frieza destroy that town in no, the game? No, um, they, no. They're not going to go into that in-depth of stuff. It was mm-hmm. just kind of like, I'm here, here's a legion of little bad guys you have to fight like a hundred at a time, uh, and then you can fight Frieza um, before training up to like level 250 uh, or whatever it was. It was uh, ridiculous. But, you know, just... Uh, a little thing there, and I wasn't sure if anybody else had had played that or if I just remembered it uh, entirely wrong. Spent sixty bucks on that game, so excited, then I'm like, this doesn't grab me at all. I'm just completely Aww. dropped it. <laughs> I think I had a bit more um, of a motivation to play it because uh, I was talking with Mike and uh, Ken, Detective X, um, about doing a, a Consensu podcast about Kakarot, and I'm like, oh, oh I just right. picked it up. Let me play through it real quick before we <laughs> talk about it. So I had just, you know, took a week and rushed through the whole thing, and it's now we have to be a Kakarot. <laughs> you have to be a Kakarot expert if you're going to get on a podcast with Ken, otherwise known <laughs> as Kakarot's biggest fan, yeah. maybe the only fan, biggest fan at least. <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he can convince me to continue playing it. <laughs> if anybody can, he can, because then they were talking about revisiting it to talk about the DLC, and I'm like, I haven't even picked up the season pass i better go do that and <laughs> blaze through everything except for the new trunk stuff i got to that and i'm like i'm gonna take a little break and that then i've played like interesting. three other games Man. yeah it'll be it'll be interesting i'm sure we'll get to it eventually but you know holidays and stuff kind of mm-hmm, throw mm-hmm. everything and to be difficult talking more about like how this this fight unfolds we have uh a neat thing where we get to have a bunch of like the tertiary characters show up and kind of get their own fights even roshi is there um, Which I kept saying, a- why are you here, Roshi? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if they had a quota. They needed to fill out the rest of the movie. And they're like, we got to bring in somebody else. And like, well, well, like I was telling you in Battle of Gods, they kind of, they're kind of giving him the Captain America like role in these movies where he's 
not necessarily the strongest, but he's giving commands. I guess because he's the el- the most elderly and wise and knows how to battle properly. Because he's like he's like giving directions, like oh let's split up, or let's attack, or all this kind of stuff. And mm. that's kind of interesting in of itself. But I don't know. It's always nice to see Roshi though. So I think that might be it. You know, you've got to instead of making a new character, we'll we got to have somebody who's going to be calling the shots. Well, it might as well be the wise and old sage. I but mean, granted, like- he's. He's not, not been that character. <laughs> yeah, and like he's super superiorly outclassed in just like he doesn't know how to fight in the sky with like super saiyans and all this kind of stuff. If it was like humans, yeah, but I don't know. You know I what mean, I mean? Tension Han shows up and is even like I, you know, didn't bring Yamcha or Chaozu. Like Chaozu, I get, but come on, <laughs> come on, I can throw Yamcha a bone here. <laughs> come on, he deserves it. He's been yeah. through so much. Give the guy a win. <laughs> yeah, it definitely doesn't make masses of sense. I think I will say that I. I appreciate it at least like it is it is nice to see those characters again doing something yeah um yeah i think i mean i'm slightly veering off topic but i think it's it's interesting that a lot of the the details in that come from um yamamura's storyboard Mm. because i don't know if either of you have ever read toriyama's script herms translated it a while ago i don't know if you ever posted anywhere but um it's interesting to see that like the script is just like you know and a big battle begins with these guys and then there's like and he writes a little bit more dialogue and it's like and then goku and frieza have a fight and so like there's so little detail there that you know you you have someone um you have like the 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 production staff filling it in um which i think is like a blessing and a curse really yeah uh which i'm sure we'll we'll talk about at some point um (laughs) i think the thing with it though is that this movie is kind of like a more serious tone whereas say the uh 2008 special was so fun and wacky i didn't even question why these characters are fighting and like like scaling of power or whatever but with this movie being, being taken kind of seriously in that aspect it did seem weird to have roshi in there you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure and I think, you know, going off of that script that it seems very vague and just like, then the, there's a big fight, then Goku and Vegeta or Frieza have a fight. Um, it's nice to kind of have some more freedom to do what you want, but at the same time, it might have been good to have some restraints, you know, just so that way you have something to work off of instead of, I don't know, just kind of throwing anything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And I, I'm always a, a perpetuator for like, whatever's more fun, just do it in this series. I don't care really about power scaling, all that kind of stuff, but it just, it did make you kind of like scratch your head and be like this doesn't really make too much sense but uh before we get to goku and vegeta's fight i wanted to ask aj about uh your choices for um how things go in terms of like letting them know that things are going on because the movie and the tv series are kind of different in that in the movie everybody kind of like charges up to let goku know to hone in on that key versus in the tv show i believe it's like gohan like pushing itself to the limit to kind of raise his key high enough to be noticed and it's kind of like a a personal sacrifice it's been a long time i just remember a couple of shots but is could you speak to your choices for what you kept in this from the film versus the tv show for that yeah so like this portion in the uh in the tv series gets really wacky for some reason like you (laughs) you have Ginyu, right? And Ginyu yeah. Frog are there? Uh, and uh, Tagama is—is is it Tagama? Yeah, Tagama gets alive? kind of taken. Yeah, I was confused. Ginyu. Let's see. Um, yeah, like he—he's still alive, and there's like a whole uh, like Gohan having an extended moment, which you then get this like reversal of um, Piccolo sacrificing himself. I think Gohan sacrifices himself. Oh, right. Like the, All uh, on the Nappa thing. Sayonak. Yep. Yep. Um, 
there was just so much going on there that I just was like, I one, I don't massively love this, but two, it's so convoluted and drawn out and and uh, pulling from all different things like you mm. know z filler and stuff i was like i know we'll just what's there is fine like i think as far as the narrative goes like most of my uh issues with it come from how brisk the beginning of the film is like i think if you look at it i don't know that i touched much once the uh once the action begins i think the majority of my changes um are just additions early yeah. on um and then just some tiny little things for uh for pacing or or you know general direction i guess during the fight yeah um yeah i was i was largely okay with that bit i remember having a really tough time with um trying to work in the fact that togama was technically still alive in my version because right. i remember one of the one of the big complaints was that freezer was suddenly super powerful and all we ever got in the original film was just like a line like and i did some training mm-hmm, yeah. at the end like that that was it whereas the tv series was, was essentially still i'm just going to train that's it but there was at least like uh maybe like a 10 second flashback of freezer just like abusing the shit out of yep, him, yeah, yeah, paralyzing him and <laughs> sending him just to the rejuvenator for tomorrow stuff. yeah um which like it, it's a it's 10 seconds if that but I, I just like that it gives the audience some insight into what he did like mm-hmm. what did you do during this time to achieve something yeah. like that so i tried to work that in but of course then how do i then kill togama later if mm-hmm. i'm not using any of that stuff with like the ginyu and all this madness that i just didn't didn't mm-hmm. want to include and so i had to <laughs> it's almost it's a little bit awkward i i essentially created like this mini flashback when yeah. um freezer's talking about training i believe and i think i i cut to uh like tagama being blown up mm-hmm. um which was supposed to Im- i don't know if this worked i think some people didn't like it but it, it's supposed to imply that he died during the training um the actual scene that I used, I'm fairly sure I just stole his actual death scene from Super and just <laughs> like slightly changed it up so it seemed a bit more uh, fitting for the setting. But yeah, I don't think I noticed him. I remember the flashback, but wait, so you're saying that wasn't a flashback in the in Super? So what I'm saying is, there's like the flashback of him being beaten up on a, on a different planet of him training. Yeah, and then. Uh, you never get any insight into what happens to him. Um, and so later on, when Freezer is talking to Goku and uh, uh, not Goku, it was Goku. No, I think he was just talking to Piccolo and the gang and Gohan and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking about how he trained, I think. And to try and explain Tugama's absence, I created this little like it's it's just a flash. It's like a flash, right? Of it's like a sepia dying. tone sort of thing to show like this is what happened. Yeah, like I think in retrospect, I probably could have gotten away with nothing because I think like it, with with the way the film introduces that character, he's just kind of nothing. Like you don't, yeah, I don't know. I necessarily needed to show him or, or come up with a reason for him not being there for the fight. Um, but I think because I had the film in the back of my head or the TV series in the back of my head, I just thought people will pick up on that. They'll, they know who that character is. If I don't somehow get rid of him, show you know, show him being dispatched, then it will be considered a continuity error perhaps. Mm. So yeah, I just remember agonizing over that. And I don't love the solution, 
but well, someone know. who didn't like watch Super and I for, I didn't know that um Tagama like I forgot that he died in early on in the movie, but not in the series. It didn't really uh like stand out to me. Oh, but it was that 10 second flash where I, I'm just skimming the movie now and I, I came across it. Yeah, that that did actually stand out to me. Actually, I'm sorry, I take it all back. I was like, oh, that's so cool. But that that was all that I got out of it. So no, that made sense. That, that made sense for me. That, res- that resonated with me. Yeah, as somebody who's watched both versions, I, I was like, that is I thought that was a pretty cool way to handle it without going into the whole Ginyu stuff. Um, and giving him more of something to do in the movie without just being murdered right as soon as uh, Freezy gets revived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a happy funny, medium. That, you worked with what you flashback, had. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> flashback, um, the one of them two, of those two training, I just have like trauma from editing that. You'll, <laughs> you'll notice it if you watch with headphones. It may even be clear with, with speakers, but the audio is like not very good during that section because I had to like... <sighs> The way that it took place in the original series had this like really intense like electric music over it. Mm. And of course, the TV series is only stereo. Like I can't separate the background music from the voices cleanly. And so I had to do this like weird filtering where I I think I had to like overlay the super soundtrack and then like cancel it out Mm -hmm. like the signals cancel out something anyway the results were okay but it like it took so long to get something that just didn't (laughs) sound like a tin can it was painful (laughs) i was gonna Um, say because we were mentioning after watching it that like did he have to edit audio with that whole thing because it all just seemed very natural yeah we were watching with uh, at least for me i had headphones on but we also had the movie turned down a little bit because we were in a uh, a discord call talking to each other while we were watching it um so i usually have the movie on quieter than what doug is Um, sure but yeah so i didn't notice any any peculiarities but i'm sure that if you know you're you're listening for it or you're you've got sort of a trained ear it might be a bit more noticeable but i I would say you got away with it at least for me that's good because i mean the audio gave me so much trouble um because the the dynamic range for the movie is huge Mm. like it's so it's massive because obviously it's meant for a theater whereas the tv series stuff is is really squash and Mm. so the music is often fairly loud um compared to everything else i I just can't control any of that and so trying to make those two blend was really hard uh and i I was so concerned that people would be having to like turn up and down the the volume over and Mm -hmm. over again I think with like um, your skill level though in editing, because you're so you've, you've done it before, you've done editing before that you have an ear for that. Whereas I've seen like countless of you know fan projects that are just kind of atrocious for lack of a better word that like singing <laughs> audio like you can pick up oh they just downloaded the Dragon Ball Z sound pack from searching Google and then threw it in there without balancing audio. I also wanted since we're talking about audio, I have a note in here. Did you redo um, some sound effects using like uh, older Z libraries <laughs> rather than uh, the current super stuff? Uh, I, I think I I did for during the the Goku versus Freezer fight when I cut to the uh, Naoki Tate scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I redid the entire audio for that. That was mute originally. I think I I got all of Arise Sound Library and totally did that from scratch. The um, thing that stuck out to me, especially, is like when Vegeta is charging up his attack to when he thinks he's going to beat Frieza, is sort of like this specific um, key sound that I think only shows up like in the Boo arc of things. It's got like I don't know. It sounds like a water drop like on something first before then there's like a <laughs> ramp up. I don't know how exactly to explain it, but I'm like. 
This feels very Boo era, and I don't think they use this sort of stuff in Super. So I'm like, did AJ uh, change out the sound effects? Which I appreciated. I love <laughs> yeah, those sound I, like, effects. I don't so. remember specifically, but I do know that um, there was at least one section, which I, be- I, I, I think it is... It's when Goku and Frieza have just transformed and they just, they charge at each other and a fight begins. Mm. And um, I think in the original film, there's, it turns into CG and it's really ugly, but also this like really weirdly like upbeat synthy track plays that Mm. just felt so tonally inappropriate. I just gutted it Uh and um, put in like a proper action track because I'm like, they've just transformed into the like proper... Yeah, one, which you this is supposed to be the big clash like why why are you playing like you're jamming out like on stage somewhere like, what <laughs> what is this <laughs> well that's sumitomo for you for you sometimes so yeah that was very strange that machine reminds me of the whole uh f track from maximum the hormone which just didn't it's a great song that i listened to outside of dragon ball but in the movie it just seems so out of place you mean like yeah. the um vocal version or the um i think the... maybe both but more so the vocal version in the beginning when Frieza's first resurrected i uh i felt like maybe the it should have been like the full vocal version should have been used more of a a moment of frieza doing uh some more kick-ass stuff like you know having the upper hand on goku during the the beginning parts of their fight but um i don't have too many problems with it otherwise um did you consider doing any changes to either of those versions of the track when you were working on this version aj um no, I don't think so. I never massively minded it that much. I think I think it's just it's one of those songs that is is very big mm-hmm. and could probably probably be better used during an act during an action scene rather than what is <laughs> a fairly tame uh rejuvenation scene. Yeah, um, exactly. Like if they switched it maybe it would have been a lot better in my eyes. Yeah, but I just I never I never really thought about changing it too much i think because i like personally i think the direction that this film is just all over the place like it can't it can't decide on a tone it never feels big um it just ebbs all over the place i just thought like there's there is only so much i can do (laughs) i think like i will just focus primarily on this initial bit and ironing out little nitpicks here and there um like I think one of the I know I'm jumping around. You have this nice order to like go through the film, <laughs> and I'm just like jumping all over the place. Um, there's the the one inch punch bit, yes, which is a great moment. But in the original film, the one inch punch happens, and it cuts to Beerus and Weiss arguing over a strawberry. <laughs> like, oh. like just the momentum just dies. Yeah, like that's supposed to be such a hype moment. And the and the the weird thing is, it's like. It cuts to the strawberry comedy and then back to the action. And like there was no rhyme or reason for that scene to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just moved it, got rid of it. And yeah. it flows like the, the, when it's and this is slightly arrogant to say, but <laughs> it feels like with it gone, that scene flows how it was meant to flow. Mm-hmm. Like I just, yeah, at least to me. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe they just kind of wanted to lean towards the comedy aspect of it, but the comedy just kind of misses for non-Japanese audiences, I think. Like, they got so far, and they're like, oh, man, we've missed our, our comedy quota for these last 20 minutes. we got to throw something in. Just we throw got, it right there. That's we got to show these, these wacky new uh, super beings and how much they love food. Remember that? It's hilarious, right? That's going to be their whole character from now on. They just love food. It's just bizarre. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I, like, I, I don't want to come across like I dislike the comedy or, or don't think it should be in the film, no. mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I just think the placement of it just doesn't make sense sometimes. Yeah. Um, one other 
thing because we do have a difference between uh, another big moment in this movie is uh, Goku getting shot. Uh, oh yeah, which uh, you know super changed a good bit. I assume from people not being able to stop talking about how. Do you think they took that like backlash, <laughs> like from people online? Like, all right, let's let's tone them tone them down to regular base form and then shoot them. Yeah, that was always my impression. I mean, personally, those kind of things I don't really think about too much mm-hmm. um i understand why people do and i so respect that like i i so understand why people can watch the super tv series and see like blue goku go toe-to-toe with krillin and be like sorry what <laughs> and i like i'll watch it and be like okay whatever like maybe he's holding back whatever like i just don't it, I, it doesn't phase me mm-hmm. but i understand why those things can be an issue and why they they are important to an extent and so when it came to um the ray gun scene it just seemed like an obvious and easy choice mm-hmm. um you know super had already done it people responded well to it so why not yeah uh because i'm kind of in that camp of like i'm not bothered either way because throughout the entire series we've been shown if you're not expecting something somebody who is much weaker can still catch you by surprise that was the whole thing we was talking about in the beginning too like that's right goes with the theme of the whole movie but i'm yeah. also not against you know making it be a bit more believable of like a single non-powerful person's laser ray gun being able to take down base form Goku rather than than blue. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, kind of gives was, like Shorbei like more of a like this is your chance to shoot him now, like do it now. Now's the time. Right, a more calculated choice of when to do it versus yeah. just kind of when he did it. This is more of a a, a thought on the movie itself. Um, how do we feel about Weiss being able to turn back time uh, with no apparent <laughs> sacrifice needed or or trade off to do such a thing? Uh, does it kill the the um, tension of the film? Does it uh, is it what was needed? What what are your thoughts on this? I think it kills the tension of the film, and I think it it's also just a terrible thing to bring into a franchise with a character that is staying around. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that there's this caveat of you know I'm a I'm a, an angel I don't interfere with such and such but you do because yeah. we've seen you do <laughs> yeah and you know it's clearly not a particularly hard law um at least until uh well i was gonna say until mayris came about well anyway i know you're not caught up on uh the manga so i'll uh a little bit <laughs> i'll skip that but um <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> yes um i i don't know that it was necessarily the best idea because it's I bad enough with something them introducing uh, like xeno was that his name xeno the little dude mm. in the in the trunks story arc where he can just solve everything because Goku has a button to call him or whatever but he doesn't stick around that much he's just he's still in his own world but with Whis being around so often it is kind of that oh there's no tension anymore for anything they do yeah I think that's that's a fair assessment and I think that's just one of those like we're stuck between the end of the book and the end of the series and so nothing you know dramatically terrible can happen right again like you 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 mentioned it we saw it the future trunks arc we saw it at the end of the tournament of power we saw it at the end of this um I guess we technically saw it at the end of Battle of Gods where, you know, oh, the world should have been destroyed. But mm-hmm. you know, Beerus was like, nope, um, which I'm fine with. I think narrative that makes sense. But I'm just saying it's like another example of those things where like big, terrible things just can't happen because we know where this story goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if something bad does happen, it's happening somewhere else, like a different timeline. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I do think that's that's an unfortunate reality of, of where the series is set and i'd love to see us move past it yeah but, you know <laughs> we're still stuck <laughs> i don't think it bothered me too much when i 
first saw it, it was just when everyone kind of brought it up. It's just like, yeah, that does kind of suck that it's kind of there. I doubt they'll ever, ever use that again. Like, that's just the one-off, let's solve this story. But it's it's like the time-turner thing in Harry Potter. Like, you have this thing to control time, and then you never use it again. People are going to ask yeah. questions. You've made this solution to all problems, and now you have to figure out a way to not include it later on because people Until are just going to bring it up. the child comes about and it comes back and it's the <laughs> yeah. worst fucking thing ever. You either, <sighs> you either waste half your movie explaining why you can't use it or you just completely ignore it. I want to bring up some other things that happen at the end here that I – if I'm remembering correctly, our TV series stuff only – uh, which is uh, the Earth, you know, getting blown up, and we get to see the people on the planet as this destruction is happening, which I think adds much more of a, a, an emotional weight to that rather than just oh, yep. CG planet go boom. No, that was the exact thought process. Um, I wasn't just being morbid. You know, you have to watch these people die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just, I was so, I was so desperate to to pull any sort of emotion um, mm-hmm. out of it. Like, I think, like, I, I will always enjoy um, Hiromi Suri's amazing oh, yeah. uh, Papa and Mama delivery line. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when she's mm-hmm. upset, that, like, I think that's fantastic. Um, but I, I really, I thought it was a great decision decision to show how terrifying something like that can be. Yeah, right? it really uh, grounds it and makes it real. Yeah, like, I, I, I just, I love that. And so I thought that's, really easy to include let's do it and yeah. maybe maybe that adds more weight to uh to, to the reactions that then happen i think it definitely um, does because when i think back i think like i'm thinking of like star wars when the first movie when they blow up princess uh, alderaan yeah alderaan they blow up that whole <laughs> planet you're kind of like oh that sucks the whole planet's gone you don't really it doesn't really hit in your head oh there's like billions of lives on there but mm-hmm. if they just showed a few, like they did in, in Resurrection F, it just kind of it makes it more uh, grounded and relatable. Yeah. God, what Star Wars thing was? Wasn't there a recent Star Wars thing that showed the perspective? There's no recent Star from... Wars things. There's no Star Wars recent stuff. Force no. Awakens when Starkiller Base shoots uh, at uh, all those planets. We get a cut to like some people that are there watching other planets getting blown up, and then the the big red beam coming straight towards them. Uh, right. Yeah. I just remember thinking like that's very effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad that that happened in Super to try and give it some some more emotional weight to it. Um, but then we have the the relief of that, which is after Frieza and everything is taken care of, um, going back and like Gohan coming home oh, to yeah. Videl and stuff. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great moment. Yeah, that was uh, one of the hardest things to edit, actually. Oh, uh, and I had to get. Um outside help with it because gohan is shot full of holes in the tv series <laughs> that scene where he runs home to videl he is covered in battle damage he's got a hole through his heart like mm-hmm. it's he's fucked up oh, wow. <laughs> so i uh i asked a friend um who does a lot of vfx stuff love after effects to go in there and uh paint out all of the battle frame damage by frame. So he looks you know, so that he looks <laughs> like he uh he did you know in in the rest of the film right i just made sure the continuity was, Damn, was good there, so i think the series itself takes continuity like that into effect as much as you, <laughs> you do very impressive <laughs> yeah so yeah massive thanks to uh, my friend nick for doing that you did a great uh, job that i didn't even yeah. notice that totally fits i honestly it's been so long since i've seen this movie i forget like what even the um the the ending the the everything kind of coming to a close is and i i appreciated scenes like that or i believe it's at bulma's place they're all kind of uh having a, a barbecue sort of thing and goku and vegeta chatting yeah, yeah. i so like the original film you you have 
uh, Goku come in, blow up Frieza, and then Vegeta's like, wow, why did you do that? And then they explain to him, and then they basically go, oh, I guess we should have worked together. Freeze frame ending, roll yeah. credits. Oh, and I was yeah. like, so what, what is that? Oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> He just said, screw it, uh, and then stopped mid, yeah. mid-movie. We're done with the so movie, I thought, yeah. I just thought, like, there needs to be some sort of denouement like that yeah. we need to just like wrap up this film properly and so um i i loved that you had gohan coming home and being like oh i'm so glad you guys are safe um i loved like the the celebration at bulma's place where you you know you get to joke about um goten and trunks's mm-hmm. absence in my version at least and obviously yeah. baby trunks is like you know laughing and not really understanding why they're referencing this other trunks that he doesn't know which i thought was great mm-hmm. i love that like i again i'm trying to add connected tissue here so i love that you then have gohan um apologizing to to piccolo for like letting his uh letting his training slip and asking him to train like i think that's a a nice way to then lead into the tv series and i don't know if you guys stuck after the credits yes. but i threw in <laughs> a, a I, little little marvel style yeah i was like i really hope there's a post-credit scene of like champa and vados just being sinister and i'm like oh, there it is. Like, here it comes here it comes <laughs> I think you're ready to yeah. turn it off. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We got to wait till after the credits. I <laughs> yeah, got to see. <laughs> and you did not let me down. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I just really wanted to wrap up the the film in a way that at least felt more satisfying to me and in a way that opened up plot threads for the future content. Um, yeah, it was, it, it took a lot of restraint, I think, with, with some of the editing because um, it was a lot longer initially. And a lot of that was to do with me struggling to stitch scenes together Mm. Uh, like i I think i think you often get in the habit with editing of thinking about actions in real life like oh how does this person get from here to here or like how is such and such moving about the frame like you you get so caught up on how things function within that 3d space how it would in the real world and then i think at some point something clicked with me where i was like film doesn't function like that you watch films all the time where you know someone grabs their keys off the table and the next cut like they're at the end of their driveway like it doesn't matter yes because your brain fills in the gap that's exactly how i was when i was making amvs way back 10 plus years ago i i thought you needed to do that so like an entire amv would just be like a one fight scene because i needed to include how they got from this place to this area for this punch but then later on like no you don't like you said that cinema doesn't really work that way you just cut to something else and it still flow naturally. Yeah. Like when, as soon as that clicks, you're like, oh, I'm enlightened. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally get what you mean when you say that. It's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Like I, I think, it, I think it was, um, in fact, I know exactly what it was. It was, I, I was thinking, how does Goku end up at Vegeta's place uh, with Whis? Like mm-hmm. how does he, how does he get there? How does he find out about this stuff? Mm-hmm. And I'm fairly sure I just don't have that in my film because it doesn't matter. Yeah. He just shows up and, like, yeah, we don't yeah. need that explanation, really. Yeah, like, originally I had that whole thing in there where he's, like, pestering Whis constantly and, like, stalking people, trying to find out. Like, I'm fairly sure, I I mean, you'll have to remind me if it is. <laughs> I may have messed <laughs> up. But I'm fairly sure that's not in my edit, but it was originally. Hmm. Um, if uh, coming to a, a close on it, um, looking back on it, I know that you probably didn't rewatch it uh, as recently as we did, but thinking back on it at a high level is there things you would want to do differently now than you did back then if you were handling this sort of project uh today (laughs) i think i just wouldn't have done it at all (laughs) (laughs) 
I think my my opinion on the film has soured so much that I just can't be bothered. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I do actually have a, a legit example. I will answer your question properly, but I have a, a similar <laughs> example of that where <laughs> because people seem to really enjoy this cut and they were like, are you going to do like a Goku Black movie or something? And I was like, well, I can't do that with a TV series. Right. Uh, in Japanese because it's all stereo. I can't edit that. It would just be a mess. Yeah. It would just be a truncated version that wouldn't feel like a film. It would feel like a montage. And so, and so when, I when thought, you say that, you mean like the movie version, when you put it into a, an editing program, it kind of separates the tracks from like vocals to music and yeah. audio? Okay. Yeah. So you'll have like the um, like the center channel will be the dialogue and then the rears are like primarily the, the soundtrack and stuff. And sometimes you do have to do a little bit of work, but by and large, it's, it's fairly simple. Gotcha. Um, whereas like it's all glued together for tv i didn't know that was a thing but, uh, until like i popped in because i've always edited like dragon ball z footage just you know from the tv but then when i popped in uh like the dark knight like batman or something like that i'm like oh what, why are there like five extra tracks on here oh what it separates it oh that's so cool i didn't realize until yeah. then yeah it's so nice for editing mm-hmm. um but yeah because of that i was like well what if i do it with the dub because oh, this was, yeah. I, I, I was thinking this, this was before the dub had come out for Super. And I was thinking like, well, I like, I liked Kai's dub. I've liked the movie dub. Um, so, you know, when they get to the Goku Black arc, I could probably do a Goku Black movie. It would be English only, but it might be a really fun project. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the dub came out and uh, English Goku Black was English Goku Black. Mm-hmm. And I just went, nope, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're like Sean, so buddy, come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to, to answer your question, I think if I was doing anything differently, it would um, it would primarily be equality stuff. Um, the 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 film is 720p using not not a great source. I wasn't super um, clued up on encoding back then, so mm. it's a little bit mushy. Um, so I, I would I would have done technical aspects like that a bit better. Uh, I think I would have maybe made more effort to I guess to try and make some of the the animation differences blend a little bit better um, by reaching out to other artists to maybe help with drawovers. Um, there is one fan drawover in the film from. Uh, Ken, he brought oh, up earlier mm-hmm. for, for Kakarot, which is uh, during Tate's scene, there's a still uh, where Goku's like karate chopped freezer, which in the original, because it's like one of the most rushed episodes, is just, it's not a great drawing. Yeah. It's on screen for a very long time and people are going to be watching this on a, on a big screen. So I had Ken draw over it and we uh, like superimposed it together. And, you know, it it's, it doesn't blend even now. It looks nice because Ken's a good artist, mm-hmm. but you know, I think even Ken will be the first to admit that, you know, he's he doesn't draw, you know, on model. Like he has his own great style, right. but it doesn't yeah. mm-hmm. blend with the rest of the film. So I think were I to, to do that kind of thing again, um, it would be just going through and, and trying to, to change up that kind of stuff. So it just feels a little bit more cohesive. I think I may change. I say this as I'm going to do anything. I think I would have. <laughs> I think I would have possibly um, rethought the the Targuma, like death flash thing. I may have just like removed that entirely and just let it be as it is. Um, I think one thing that it was a stylistic choice that I thought worked, but was almost unanimously uh, disliked, was uh, the Vegeta blue transformation. Mm. Um, you know, in Kung Fu films, you will sometimes see the same thing from like two different angles. Yes. I did that with the Vegeta transformation where it's like power up, uh, unveils the thing, 
power unveil. Like I basically did it twice. That um, was the one thing that definitely stuck out to me and just seemed like uh, like it didn't mesh very well. I just took it as sure. like that moment. Well, I guess not really moment. It's a, you know, over the course of a, a span of a week in real time. Um, like Gohan's Super Saiyan two transformation. We have a really. I was thinking you know, of that too. <laughs> where you know we've got the song and everything, and then the next episode. <laughs> well, we're, we we I know we showed it in the last episode preview, but now let's do the transformation again. Now let's close up on his muscles sure. and see them <laughs> pop up on screen humongously. <laughs> yeah, I just I think I think the reason I did it at the time. Um, from memory was to make editing easier but i also was like does this add impact uh yeah i think based on everyone's reactions it no it doesn't it just looks <laughs> like a bad edit so oh, like just so um, in the moment when you were editing it that you're like yeah this does add add to it but then to take a step, <laughs> step back it's yeah. like a uh, little too much yeah exactly so I, I i'd trim that out and probably just leave that alone hmm. um i think i think part of my decision for changing up that uh, Vegeta transformation from the original is that I wanted to make it feel bigger, which yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know that it necessarily needed, maybe. I mean, I do think the direction for that scene is not amazing. And so, like, after you see it for the first time, the hype diminishes. And so I think when I was trying to edit again, I was like, how can I restore that <laughs> that first yeah. experience? And mm. I just, yeah, I guess I went too far and it doesn't work i think if i I remember correctly i think i took parallels to that to when goku first transformed into a super saiyan because it was so quick and just like a one scream and then that's it i think they might have we're kind of going for that especially because it was frieza again that vegeta was you know transforming in front of yeah i think it's definitely on purpose i think yamamuro was like very conscious with the silence he uses like there is no big epic music um when goku goes blue or when vegeta goes blue i think he was going for that like this is blue. It's tranquil. Let's let's mm. go with that kind of vibe, which I don't think I necessarily understood at the time. Um, and I think now, do I agree with it? Maybe, but uh, yeah. Either way, I, I have to I, watch it I, again myself. Too. That was a misstep. But oh, so when the movie um, before it came out, did you guys know how much did you know about the movie? Because I feel like the Vegeta transformation was definitely something I was not expecting. But I think they pushed showing goku blue so much in trailers that i was like oh that's the surprise you're ruining right right now like when i when they i was i was at otakon one year and they showed the trailer for the first time i instinct i i intentionally looked down like nope i'm not looking at the screen i'm not i'm looking down i'm not i don't want to i don't want, I want to see this fresh <laughs> i don't want to see the trailer i was just gonna say i remember the Kanzenshi forums at the time the the thread for resurrection f was awful People were just, it is the most toxic I've ever seen that forum. (laughs) Um, I think it's because people hated the concepts because they had just been like given this whole new world with Battle of Gods. And it was like, well, you're bringing Freezer back? Why? Mm -hmm. Um, And so like as more and more details came out, it just got more and more toxic um, from people who had never seen it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The reason I bring the thread up is um, because I think it was a week maybe a few days before the film came out, these tiny little figures popped up and it was uh, Goku Blue, Vegeta Blue and Golden Freezer. <laughs> and everyone was like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, yeah, it, it spoiled, it spoiled that. Cause so it, I knew that. In Japan, um, cause you went to the Japan showing, they give you like a little book, but it was, um, I think like plastic sealed. And it said, do not open this until after the movie. And that's because the book on the front cover shows Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta, if I remember correctly. Uh, the one I got was just the f- regular film poster. 
Um, but inside, yeah, like it just shows everything. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. If anyone had peeked in, they'd, they'd know the entire film. I, I remember, like, I remember I'm buying sure that. there's like shots of him being like shot through the chest and then like, oh, wow. that, that like must it's just why, the, yeah. the whole shebang. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of like round this off and everything, I'm, we kind of know, <laughs> we've kind of spoken about our thoughts about this movie in general. Um, but to ask the the final question, do we like the movie? Do we dislike it? Um, AJ, I mean, you've you've said a lot about it. You've certainly seen it in many more different ways than I think we have. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think uh, it's 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 uh, worthwhile entry into the franchise? Uh, if people are wondering if they should watch it or skip it, what what would you tell them? I I think you should watch it. I I think if you're gonna do something, do it right. But I just it's 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 a very bland film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Best. I and I think I think the hate it gets is both overblown and justified because I think on one <laughs> hand the film itself it's it's boring at worst. Like it's not it's not a terrible film. It's not offensively made or anything. It's just not it's just, creative. Yeah, like you you can play a great drinking game with it where you take a shot every time someone gets thrown into rocks. Like the storyboard <laughs> is boring and repetitive. Like there's nothing totally doing exciting about it. <laughs> um but I think the reason it gets as much hate as it does is because it represents something about a franchise that frustrates a lot of people, and that's that it it can't let go of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's bringing back Freezer, and you know, it's having callbacks here and there to certain things. And I think it's it's the kind of thing that sort of set a precedent that you then saw constantly throughout Super. Like, oh, now we brought Future Trunks back, or like now we're doing the Tournament of Power. But we're also going to throw in callbacks to like Vegeta's sacrifice or Broly, or now we're doing an actual Broly film, which, you know, I like. But again, it's one of those things where the series just can't leave its past behind. Yeah. Um, and I think it really does kick off from that point. It shows that it really like needs to piggyback off of its previous successful storylines to continue going yeah. on. Which I think is a shame and unfortunate because. The, the the new stuff that's there is good. It's just underutilized. I mean, you mentioned the planet at the very start of this, Sadala. Like, it, we have a whole <laughs> new world, a whole different, you know, kind of of science to explore, and it's just not, it's just not done. Yeah. Um, really, not even in the manga. I was hoping that's what I was missing by not reading it. That <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I've been calling for this whole time. Of like, if we're gonna if we're gonna do Tuper. I don't want Goku and Vegeta. Give me Universe 6 instead. <laughs> you know, give me something new, something fresh. That's what Boy, I want. When they do go to Sadala, we're definitely going to get some more hits on our podcast viewings from us <laughs> mentioning it every single episode. <laughs> um, uh, Doug, what do you say about this film? No, yeah, I think uh, like it. Just, it just said it the, the right way, the perfectly. Like, that's it was a bland movie that didn't really add much. And I mean, just besides, besides introducing Super Saiyan Blue, which I really wish super saiyan god was around more often it just kind of like like i said previously in the previous movie that it's short-lived we just get that form that one time and then that's basically it and they don't even really get to do anything cool with it upon rewatching battle of gods like no. goku never has an, an upper hand on anything until after he no longer has the form anymore so it's kind of like well he's he's his hair is different and he's not getting one shot killed so i guess yeah. that's an improvement and what i loved <laughs> about the form is that it was just more skinny and it's like yeah let's let's go towards this angle more but then up oh, next movie boom we're right back into muscles are super mm-hmm. huge and yeah that's super saiyan style hair i in retrospect and i think i had this thought after i watched the movie because i had heard what people thought you know after the japanese premiere and things what their interpretation of the film was so i was somewhat tainted beforehand but after watching i'm like it's not 
creative and it doesn't move the story forward in something the way like that Battle of Gods did and really open the world up or introduce introduce us to new stuff. It feels like if you took one of the more classic um, Z films. Uh, that's just kind of like, all right, here's yes. our bad guy. Here's everybody's individual fight. Everybody kind of gets a moment. And then now we're going to do the big fight and it's over. But it's kind of like that, but kind of blown up to be a little bit something more. And I don't have a problem with those old Z films. Right. Whenever I need to hit a Dragon Ball, I'll go do one of those. So this I'm not offended by it, but I also am not going to seek it out. It felt like um, story plot point beat by, it felt like um, Metal Cooler, that movie. Not Not how bad the plot was, but just kind of like... <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's just it introduces Frieza again, and just mm. with a new form, and they're just, they're just fighting, and that's that's basically all it needs to be. Right? Yeah. I mean, it is it is what it is. But um, and yeah, I was no. I was thinking like, oh yeah, well at least they it introduced uh, Frieza back to life so that he can bring back Broly. But I'm like, oh no, he dies in this one, and then he just comes back to life again. <laughs> in right. Super. But you know, then we get the great. A conversation between him and Goku and like pitching, hey, come and fight on our team. It's it's good. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm okay with that where it ends up. Oh, I was gonna uh, mention too that I actually um I like the dub of this movie too, where because I think I saw it in theaters here in America. They showed mm-hmm. it dubbed, and at that at this point, I think finally took them 30 years, but they've mastered their craft in the dub and did a did a fine job with it. And I didn't have any real complaints. I even had a compliment for it where. Vegeta takes over, fighting Frieza at the end, and Goku eats a sensu, and then, you know, like, says bye. In the American dub, Sean Summel does, like, uh, it's funny, where he's just kind of like, all right, see ya, Goku, uh, see ya, Vegeta, it's on you, and then, like, laughs as he, like, floats away. That felt, like, very, that felt right, as opposed to in Masako Nozawa, it's just, it's still just kind of, like, bland, it's just like, all right, you take it, Vegeta, see ya. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. The dub of that film is is excellent. I think that is probably their strongest of, uh, of the three. Yeah. Um, I mean... Rest his soul, but Chris has is just yeah. Yeah. phenomenal. Oh, in yeah, that there's film. that cheese scene that Vegeta <laughs> says for the yeah. pizza thing. It's cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah, great. Everyone, everyone in that film is great. I don't I don't think I have any real issues with it. I think sometimes Shemel is perhaps a little bit gruff um, in blue, but mm. otherwise, yeah, really strong. Um, I think, going a little bit off topic, but I, I like the Battle of God stuff. I think that's great. And I think the Broly dub other than he who shall not be named. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, all, you know, all excellent. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think I feel the same way. Yeah. Like from Battle of the Gods onwards, like, yeah, the, the dub is not bad anymore. It's, it's, they've mastered their craft. Yep. Yeah. I, and then you get the TV series, which is, yeah, we up. That's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't give that a watch. I'm like, no, I, I can barely make it do super in Japanese. I'm not going to torment myself to the dub of it. <laughs> make it harder on yourself. Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll come right back and we'll hear what you guys had to say about the movie. Okay, we're back, and this time we get to listen to what you guys had to say uh, about Resurrection F. Um, we had a good number of people, which is nice. So first up, we have uh, the Grim Knight, uh, who tweeted in saying that the he felt uh, un- underutilized pretty much every element. Critical research failure of its own continuity under lack of consequences and magic redo button in the form of Whis. There's barely <laughs> anything to like about this movie. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> barely anything to like, yeah. That's strong, but it's a strong opinion for sure. I've found I found to like it, and um, 
you know, I don't uh, think it uh, deserves an incredible amount of hate. I don't think it deserves a lot of praise either. It's just kind of inoffensive in there. Like like uh, you said yeah. earlier, Randy, it's just like another one of those Z movies that just it's just there to fight, fight, and let's and that's it. Exactly. Yeah, I think like the biggest con for me of of Battle of Gods and Resurrection F is that neither of them have film production values. Like yeah. you, mm-hmm. they, they, there is nothing in those films that you didn't see in the Super TV series, a TV series famous for crumbling apart animation wise. <laughs> like you know, they're they're. They're consistent art-wise, but there's nothing about them that, you know, if you compare it to any other, mm-hmm. you know, big film. I mean, you look, just look at Broly, you know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a film. Exactly. Um, oh, my God. I'm so excited for that one, <laughs> to watch that one. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd, I'd brought that up, I think, when we were watching Battle of Gods. I'm like, this is the chance to be some big and bombastic and impressive, and at no point does it try to do that. I mean, granted... This is also looking back from Broly, so we have a point of comparison and also right. a change in art style, which is um, much better. I think they put all their eggs <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the basket of showing off new forms, like Golden Freeze and, and mm. Super Saiyan Blue, and that's Merchandising it. the stuff, and then also it being the first movies where Toriyama had a hand in. Every time I think of Resurrection F, the first thing that pops in my head is not the movie, but it's it's of the figures that they gave away, where it's like a little tiny like thumb-sized figure of either Goku or Frieza, and they can take like their skin off or whatever like oh it's it's like it's like first form frieza where you, you take you take this the hood off of it and it's final form and i remember tanuki joe took that and put it on goku's body <laughs> <and> just, <laughs> goku's face with first form frieza's horns it's hilarious it's so funny you mentioned that i have that plugged into my uh, pc's uh, microphone chat do you really <laughs> freezer has been yeah it's been hanging off of that since uh Res F came that's exactly what i think of when i think of this movie i think of, i think of tanuki joe and that stupid figure <laughs> beautiful <laughs> oh, that is such a joke thing it to do is well. it really is <laughs> john rogers at magic box 67 says of all of the dragon ball films this is the one that least lends itself to repeat viewings remake it for remaking it for tv half a year later didn't help and once the new factor wears off you're left with just a handful of charming character interactions norihito sumitomo's music has never been worse but it's not all bad <laughs> Everything prior to Goku and Vegeta versus Frieza is fun, and Jocko's a godsend. And after a lifetime of silly Dragon Ball AF-style playground rumors, it was fun to finally say, there's this new Dragon Ball movie, only in Japan, written by Akira Toriyama himself, and have it be true. We didn't talk about Jocko very much I, in this I conversation. I forgot about mentioning Jocko, the best <laughs> despite part of the, the movie. Fact, yeah, despite the fact that he's he's the goat um, yes. <laughs> of, of things. I'm not sure, AJ, how you feel about Jocko, but I know that here, <sighs> in this camp, we're very much big fans. So, I love Jocko. I think he's amazing. But putting him in this film is bizarre. Oh, it, yes. Like, it's super what? Like, uh, it's you're alienating so many people. How many people <laughs> read the Jocko manga? Right. Like, even, even, even in Japan, how many people read that? Like, I remember when that film came out and everyone was like, who? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, only the people who were, like, really paying attention to what was coming out from Dragon Ball, you know, during its quote-unquote off period, you know, they, they knew that was. The only reason why I was so excited to see him was because I had read the manga and I knew that he was a part of that universe, basically. But yeah, it's yeah. so bizarre to have him in this movie. It was just to like tie in, maybe maybe like some cross cross make sales, you know, like oh buy now buy the manga, which I definitely well, push for. We're gonna have some some time shenanigans. We did just have this one character that uh, 
had some time shenanigans. Why not throw him in here too? That way there's at least some connection. It's the only thing I can, only reason I can think of why we had to bring him in for this movie. Maybe, yeah. Other than, of course, he was relatively new and we wanted to, to boost that for probably merchandising sales. Well, it's, it's like last movie. Hey, remember how we mentioned uh, Vegeta having a brother that you have no idea about? How about now Bulma has a sister that no one knows about? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> It's yeah, it's it's strange. But as somebody who you know did keep up on things, I was like, it was yes, exciting. This is, this is why I'm here. It was, and of it was course, awesome. everybody else being very confused. I guess it it helps to weed out which fans you want to talk to. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> did you know who Jocko was? No, <laughs> moving on. I'm kidding. I try not to be that elitist, but it's it's funny. Uh, I agree about the uh, the music comments as well. Like I I really liked um, Sumitomo on. Battle of Gods. Like, I, I think that's a great soundtrack for the most part. Um, obviously, the, the final chapter's happened, and I mm-hmm. you know, almost put my head through a wall listening to that. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Resurrection F soundtrack is odd. There's some stuff in there that I like. I like that the, the Frieza motif um, is developed there. It doesn't really get utilized properly until, like, the end of Super. Mm. But, yeah, the rest of it's just very forgettable. I, I missed all of that big... Uh, orchestra sound from from Battle of Gods. Um, yeah, and we, I don't think that really came back in a big way until Broly. And I think the Broly soundtrack is is phenomenal. Oh so, yeah, um, it's just this weird like odd one out in the middle that I just yeah I don't I don't love that much. I <laughs> just had a random thought. What if we had you know we use the the F track by Maximum the Hormone? Why not? Get those guys to work a bit more and make some more tracks for this. It would be so strange, and it's it would so be like strange. the black sheep of of the movies and the series to be I like. Still don't think. Well, it let's fits have it entirely different. I don't know. Come on, I love let's, it. Let's, like I said, I listened to it off I, in my car I, I, of that year when that movie came out. I listened to it all the time and loved it, but just in this movie, just didn't <laughs> seem to fit well. At least they would have been brave and try something. Yeah, new. <laughs> yeah. Instead, that's true. Um, but yeah, I I feel like Sumitomo did not do a good job, at least for me, until we hit like um, the Future Trunks arc uh, or yeah. the Tournament of Power and onwards. Um, there was I I agree there are some good tracks here and there, but I I don't know most. There's plenty of more of it that kind of took me out of like oh this doesn't feel like a Dragon Ball thing um, to me. Um, but granted, I'm not a musicologist. I don't know that much about um you know music theory and things so i could be totally wrong but that's just my my gut my ear guts uh <laughs> feelings yeah, um, i mean I, I know from uh talking to some of the musicologists of the fandom that they always talk about how um you know people always talk about like how oh the animators struggled early on with the schedule and stuff and nobody ever really thinks about how sumitomo's bad stuff is almost exclusively Mm-hmm. in in things that were rushed like you, you see uh oh. the final chapters totally rushed you see the first two arcs of super rushed to death resurrection f didn't have a great schedule either so um i wonder if it's that um i know as far as like the music goes uh people do point to certain tracks like you know he was still making some good stuff in here mm-hmm. which you know shows that it wasn't like a case of he just suddenly got good but um, yeah, I think I think by and large, I think the majority of people do like have that opinion of just there were promising moments in there, but nothing really clicked properly until the future chunks arc. Mm. Um, we've got a long one by a uh, fr- uh, fan of the show uh, Omega Rockman. Um, 
who I, when I put out the tweet, usually uh, I'll put out a tweet asking for thoughts, and he'll come back either right at the end or afterwards. They're like, "Oh, I missed it," even though I had tweet notifications turned on. So I I just tagged him like in the follow up tweet because I felt bad for the guy. <laughs> um, so he says, "I feel so called out right now," but. <laughs> <laughs> so resurrection f people seem to not be too kind to it these days hate it even well being a guy who actually likes rise of skywalker it comes as no surprise that i actually like this too is it as good as battle of gods or broly nope but it's fun to watch for 90 minutes of punching it keeps enough of that signature toriyama humor and characterization to maintain a sense of personality particularly with jocko and frieza they're great every second they're on screen. The late Chris Ayres' performance single-handedly makes the dub fantastic, showing how much love he put into the character. I miss him terribly. Best actor in any Dragon Ball English dub, period. Finally, while the form isn't fleshed out well, Super Saiyan Blue looks cool. I'm sorry, I occasionally like it when Toei jingles keys and flashy lights in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I so respect that. Yeah. But I yeah. don't respect liking Rise of Skywalker. I draw the line there. <laughs> 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 like a big X, XL, like Rise of Skywalker. <sighs> I mean, I say that I, I, I enjoyed the Last Jedi fine enough, but I draw the line at Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> oh, That's my gosh. Um, he does say, now on to AJ's cut. I remember when the film came out, my buddy Ryoma talked about how the film seemed to lack a middle section. AJ's supercut resolved that very issue, providing the connective tissue to more organically transition into the big battle. It also goes as far as to use the better animation from the show to replace weaker sections of the film, mostly CGI shit, if I remember correctly, even touching up those shots from the show and replacing backgrounds. It's such a well-done cut that I threw together an English dub track using the show and movie audio. It's not perfect by any means, since I was and still am pretty amateur when it comes to audio editing, and I had to change the OST in one scene, but I'm sure it gets the job done. I was about to say, like, he was one of the big supporters when that first came out. I was about to say he... he did a whole dub so yeah. oh yeah that's yeah. awesome and the, he had done something else before and he had mentioned it and i had berated him saying like you can't just bring up that you did this thing and not and link not it to let it, us man. know yeah <laughs> come on so he he also in that thread posts the link uh for it uh specifically so that i don't quote unquote murder him uh yeah this, which... this, this is the dub i definitely want to like would like to check out of the supercut yeah it's there so thank you omega rock man i'm glad that you were able to to put that together uh a lot of passion to be able to do that that's very impressive we have uh colton um maga maverick at sniper king 323 who says just gonna say it the retelling of the ark and super was a more interesting watch to go up getting to a sec be a secondary uh, antagonist for a bit instead of just being thrown into space ginyu popping up out of nowhere and even moments like vegeta and frieza being snarky and sarcastic with each other added more to the experience for me and super even if the production fell to complete shit by the end also vegeta should have gotten his chance to take up frieza and i'll never not be salty about it <laughs> oh yeah that whole thing that is true god that tweet reminded me of the uh the clapping scene <laughs> yes i was just i thought of the same thing you left that I would, out why i was about to say I, I would like to i would like to go back to if you asked me if i would change anything i would devote a good 20 minutes to just Vegeta clapping sarcastically <laughs> Wait, at Frieza. what clapping scene? What are you talking about? Uh, in episode, I think it's maybe the second half of 24, um, <laughs> Vegeta like hovers up into the sky and just like sarcastically claps at Frieza <laughs> for far too long. <laughs> Frieza is just like, sorry, what? <laughs> It's amazing. It's made for a really great oh. gif of just him smiling and clapping. The one that the one that people use in conjunction with like the Evangelion 
congratulations scene. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure. I remember that scene now. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen Super, but I've seen that clapping gif. <laughs> smiling. Yeah, it'd be nice to see if you could just do that. Put that on a loop for 20 minutes in the middle of the movie. I think it would really improve the pacing. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I totally see why, like... Uh, you didn't include the Ginyu stuff because it really doesn't add anything to the to the story. It doesn't give or take anything away. It just kind of doesn't need to be in the um, movie at all. The Vegeta gets to be five for five for killing Ginyu Force members. It absolutely matters. <laughs> <laughs> that did feel like a little like satisfact satisfactory when I when you realized that. <laughs> Lumron Mayasha uh, says, "I like the movie more than most. I find it fun and funny up until Goku versus Frieza, at which point the rest of the movie feels rote." Frieza carries the film with his petulant Saturday morning cartoon villain energy, and I'm glad the film doesn't take him or itself very seriously. Granted, you know, this, you know, Resurrection F, it's all about Frieza. I do like that um, <laughs> Frieza just gets to um, take center stage for a lot of this because mm-hmm. uh, both Chris Ayers and, um, oh, shoot, I suddenly drew a blank. Um, Ryusei Nakao get to... You know, really, uh, really take it all their own. It's it's yeah. always a pleasure. Like especially Chris Ayers. Like it's it's it was we didn't we don't get to hear much of him as Frieza besides like I think Kai, right? So it was nice to just have a movie where everyone can kind of like take a bite sized one and a half hour movie to you know see what the new better Frieza sounds like. Mm-hmm. I think it is really interesting that people always uh, bring up how once the fighting starts it gets boring, um, <laughs> and I think. I think that's a really good point, and I think I think there's a there's a reason for that, and it's and it's not just the fact that the, the action is quite boring. I think it's the way the film is divided up, um, because I think structurally the film on paper is similar to uh, Broly, where it's like there's a little bit of backstory, and mm. now we're going to do a little fighting. Mm-hmm. In Resurrection F, you have about thirty five minutes of backstory, and then a whole hour straight of fighting yeah whereas people talk endlessly about the incredible action in broly the fighting doesn't start for an entire hour and the action is only about 35 minutes long if that hmm. and yet it doesn't feel that way and and i and i think that's that's the main that is difference i think that you could talk about you could say that about like dragon ball itself as a series people always think that the fighting is what ropes it's what they love about the series, but I think it's the characters that what people actually love. You come back to see the characters, not like in how they react to everything and just their personalities and the fighting is just a little bonus. Yeah. The fighting means nothing if there's no context exactly. or power behind it. Oh yeah. That's why like when I make AMVs, like mine are not just like the fighting scenes. It's a lot more I pick like sentimental songs that show the character development and all that kind of stuff and then sprinkle in some fight scenes here and there, but it's mostly about the characters because that's what people love about it they don't realize it but that's really what it is yeah and i think this supercut does a lot for that because it adds in more you know stuff before the fight to i mean you know give vegeta more things to do especially in in that beginning so that his transformation and like utter dominance of frieza is kind of like okay well here's a nice payoff to all that hard work he put in in the beginning so it kind of feels more there's more to it uh, that is all I had from everybody else. So now there's Doug's favorite part, which is random trivia, uh, <laughs> which I only have two for this movie. Um, but what we've done in the past when we've had a guest on is I will read the question and then both people, like either person will just say ding when they think they have an answer. Um, and of course, each person will get a, a chance to answer before I take second chances from anybody. Trivia um, is my favorite part. 
but it doesn't mean I'm good at it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, So here we go. We'll see how this goes for you. The film's official blog started in an in-character Bulma countdown until the film's release. How many days until release did the countdown start at? Oh, God. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) I don't recall this at all. The Bulma countdown? Right. She's just kind of talking about things in-universe and the upcoming movie, but... The number of days beforehand uh, is a fun little number that, uh, especially if you know Japanese counting, you might be able to guess why it's special. Oh. Was it? Uh, oh, God. My numbers. What is what is What relates to Frieza in this? Nothing. So maybe Goku, which is five and... I was going to say it's five. Four? Each uh, Nissan. That's all I got. Each Nissan. It's so fun listening to it happening in real time. <laughs> Nobody's dinged. They're just counting out slowly. <laughs> is it fifty six? Isn't it? Did you say fifty six? Fifty fifty six is Goku, right? That sounds that sounds right to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as your answer. It's incorrect. Oh, no. That would be Goroku. No. Oh fuck. Goroku. <laughs> Doug, do you have? Another answer? Is it 59? There we go. Yes. Hey. Go. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys had the, had the 50 right, which I'm very impressed by. It's it's only it's not because I know Japanese or anything. It's only because I've seen a lot of fan art from Japanese talented artists. And May 9th is... 5-9 on there. Yeah. May 9th oh, is Goku oh, Day. Piccolo <laughs> Day. Also Piccolo Day. Uh, all right. I just so, had it upside down. The 6 was clearly... Exactly. You know, <laughs> You're right. I should have known. <laughs> uh, wait, 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 t- go back oh. to what, what, what is the the countdown? So they really counted down from 59 days before the movie came out? Like, what was the yeah. countdown about? You know, just talking about the characters that are going to show up in the movie. And but I, mean, like, I remember it. I don't remember I don't it being that long. At all. Like, was this like just a web page you go to and then there's Bulma sitting there? And uh, It was just a blog. So it was just written uh, words, but blog. written okay. as if she was talking about these things. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So... Uh, number two. What is the tune that uh, Kruden uses for his phone ringtone? Ding, 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 ding. Uh, All right, it, AJ, it. let's hear it. <laughs> it is uh, We Are from One Piece. That's yeah, correct. That was so awesome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I don't have a, a tiebreaker question, so you two will just have to know that you are equals, much like Goku and Vegeta are equivalent fighters. Look, someone who doesn't watch know. One Piece but adores that We Are song, that, that was such like a pleasant, <laughs> like, oh, I get it. <laughs> It was such a moment for me. My head. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, well, that's kind of the end of our show. Uh, AJ, thank you so much for joining us. It was so fun yeah, to talk man. about this movie oh, and, and you, and you about me. the cut. It was so fun. It's finally nice yeah, to, like, to properly meet you because I've just seen your name you're out about, but in my... Let's say likewise, big fan of the uh, AMVs. Oh, dude, thank you. Lie, right? That's awesome. I didn't I, even know you watched them. I am so dumb. Right. I <laughs> about halfway through this podcast, I like made the connection between your name and your username. I was like, oh, did you really? Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I've, you know, I binged them all. I think they're fucking fantastic. Oh, so, thank you. That yeah, means a lot. That's, that's, that's so honor. awesome. <laughs> well, likewise, like I've, I've seen your YouTube videos like that back in the day. And yeah, just like, I'm like, I was like punching myself, like, why is this guy so good at these videos? Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> 
Oh, my inflated ego, it keeps crawling. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to, to bring everybody together. And it's so nice that nobody says anything about how well I draw or anything. I, in was, this, just so say, I was just going to say, let's not say anything about Randy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and then there's you Randy. You are a beautiful man with beautiful art. <laughs> oh, thank you. I didn't, have, I didn't have to, fin- uh, to fish for that at all. To fish thank for that you. at all. <laughs> there, there was See, one this question. is the power of editing. You can just make it seem like that was 100% totally, yeah. natural. Let's, let's just like get a blank slate we're just like we were like yeah randy is awesome all right and then just oh, put no. that. i've got an anti-sarcasm filter that i can use in audio editing it's Do really you? great yeah. oh hell yeah i wish there's one question i had for aj about this movie before i keep forgetting to bring it up but like wasn't there like two versions of this movie that released or am i am i crazy because i feel like the trunks flashback scene in the beginning wasn't in the original movie or am i just dumb uh, so the, do you mean like the official stuff? The official, yeah, not the supercut, just like the official, I feel yeah, like, I feel like so an original there version. Yeah, um, there was a TV broadcast, uh, for Resurrection F that aired during the Future Trunks arc of Super, um, and as like a tie-in promotional thing, they did this like, what was it, like 15, 20 minutes or something of just like Trunks reading a book, and then they reanimated some of the original Freezer arc, um, uh-huh. and yeah, like it didn't. It was weird because I think because uh, obviously, Res- uh, what am I saying? Battle of Gods had its extended version, which debuted on TV, and so when they announced that there was going to be this new extended Resurrection F cut, people were like, "Oh, are they going to like add more?" Nope. It was just a pointless like cross promo. But it was just like the thing. trunks. Yeah, yeah. But boom! I told you, Randy. I knew there was a different kind of like TV broadcast version. That 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 trunk scene. I remember being a big deal. Like, oh, this wasn't in the original cut of the movie. So suck it, Randy. I believe well, this, it. I believe it was just think, a prologue, though. It wasn't actually anything yeah. added to the film. It was just yeah, like a twenty-minute special beforehand. Oh, it wasn't. I thought it was yeah. like sliced in between, like while peel off, and then we're like talking about them. No, it was like it was literally just this weird bit at the start that had no like connection to anything really oh, damn I, um, I was wrong suck, suck, it, Doug. suck it Doug suck it Doug <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it, it technically it's technically a version because it was called AJ you can't, you can't keep back, going back and forth me and Randy keep booming each other <laughs> boom you suck it Randy <laughs> I, I, I want to say it was technically called like Resurrection F like Future Trunks Edition or something That's, dumb like that yes, that rings a bell it's uh yeah I, like nobody ever includes it like online no. or anything. They no. just cut it separately. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you, everybody else, uh, for listening. Um, especially everybody who te- uh, tweeted in, letting us know your thoughts on the movie. We love interacting with you, keeping you in the conversation, talking about our favorite franchise in the world. Uh, if you ever want to tweet at us, tell us what you want to hear in future episodes. Uh, you can hit us up at we got a pod. You can also email us at we got a pod at gmail.com. Uh, Doug, you're going to go visit your mom for Thanksgiving, right? That's the perfect time for you to get your copies of the super manga and finally uh, read them. I don't know about that because I have no place to store them in my house. There's not, my mom's house is you a lot a bigger car. than mine. <laughs> you got I'm not a car. Keep, I'm not going to keep my manga or my figures. My figures are staying in my possession <laughs> where I am. I'm not swapping them out for well, manga can that I, ask, I won't read. Can I ask a question? What's, what's the reason? for not reading and being caught up on the super manga. One big reason is that they're not accessible to me because they're, they're at my mother's house. So I, I don't go visit often enough to go get them. 
Second, mm-hmm. I just don't really want to read Super until a lot of it's out. I don't like the whole social media aspect where everyone talks about every single individual chapter as they come out. I miss how just I could just read through the entire arc and then we we review the arc as a whole as opposed to just chapter by sure. chapter and pick it apart. So, so what, when when was the last time you read? I don't think I read any of it. I think I, I took a I took oh, I read volume one and I was like, this wow, is enjoyable. Okay. I'm gonna save it. And then that's like I made that decision then like five six years ago. Well, because there is a note in this document that says, Pressure Dog, to read the catch up in the supermanga, <laughs> I will now no. sh- go on a little spiel. <laughs> I 100% respect not wanting to, to engage with the uh, the fandom on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awful. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. But um, no, I I would personally check out the the stuff that corresponds to the tv series just to see how it how it's different but uh yeah i do i do wholeheartedly recommend the uh the moral arc um that takes place after uh after is it after broly or before broly uh there's a one page thing of like and broly happened and then the moral arc starts oh yeah. wow so i would recommend just reading that and if you then want to stop and wait for the current arc to finish and then binge it that way like i think that would be a good way but um personally i i enjoyed that arc a hell of a lot and really um, i know on the kanzenji podcast it was like an hour and a half of everyone just gushing about how much they enjoyed it and um (laughs) there were little you know asterisks here and there like okay we didn't love this section and this bit was a bit meh but by and large it was a proper dragon ball arc for i think most people felt like the first time in super and so wow um yeah i think it, it would be worth reading that's way more convincing and than you make it randy spiel. that definitely makes me <laughs> thanks intrigued. you know i've said the exact same thing before but you won't listen to me but our one-time guest all right fine so i guess hear, i like, just when you hear an outside source that you respect more <laughs> you listen to a total stranger instead of one of your best friends got it okay well for me it wasn't even like the the toxicity of the fandom i think it was just a personal like i don't want to if, if i don't read the next chapter that comes out that day I'll see spoilers about it the next day. Sure. So now in, in this way, everything is a spoiler. So I'll forget everything by the time I do decide to go and read it. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Besides purple Vegeta that I just can't get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to you getting there one day. Because I love talking about Dragon Ball with you, Doug. And I would love to talk about all the neat stuff that happens in that. Not just on a every month basis of like, what happened in this chapter? Do we like this? <laughs> we don't have the context of how that pays off later. Yeah, but let's judge is, it right now. That is fun for me, though. <laughs> you can also blame my mother, too, because I've had all the manga volumes on my Amazon wish list for about like three years now. And I think they just she just buys me one like volume because I, I put them all there because they're just like ten bucks. I'm like that's I don't ask mm. for anything expensive. I'm just like yeah, if you want to give me one or two of these, that's perfectly fine. But nope, sometimes one, sometimes none. So that's also holding me back from getting that collection. I'm just gonna buy you a cheap like <laughs> Kindle Fire tablet and then pay for a monthly Shonen Jump subscription so you can just read it sure. all. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work too. <laughs> oh, he says it'll work. Okay, we found <laughs> our way in. We found the way. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for helping to to pressure him, AJ. That it, uh, it so long as we get there with him, I think that's important. I'll be checking in. Oh, good. no. <laughs> uh, thank you also to Rifty Beats for letting us use his track Kakarot Theme Hip Hop Trap Remix. You can find it and other great tracks by Rifty on his SoundCloud. Uh, thanks to uh, sponsors for this show. Um, AJ, do you want to plug anything that's going on? Uh, 
No, I don't really do anything anymore. <laughs> like I, I, uh, I just did the Crunchyroll Awards, but that's not out yet. So Ooh. yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything else. Like if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's fine. But I don't really even tweet that much anymore. <laughs> it's just, and, and I said at the start, it's exclusively because of Final Fantasy. If I'm not doing work for Mark, I am playing Final Fantasy. It is disgusting. What server are you on where people can find you? <laughs> I am on the uh, Ultras Primal. All right. <laughs> so yeah, look for me in uh, Limsa Liminza. I am the pink-haired cat girl, probably flirting with strangers. Nice. That's me. <laughs> that sounds like the AJ I know. I think I think one of your like not one of your your like not safe for work account on Twitter was one of the reasons why I had to like take a step back with Twitter and like all right, let me delete a lot of these accounts that I've followed because of AJ's not safe for work account. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that tree that 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 pyramid just like grew from, from you to like I needed I needed to stop because I couldn't access Twitter in public anymore. <laughs> Uh, no. I've long given up. It's just a risk every time I pull my phone it out. Now I'm like, it's eh, a thrill. <laughs> I gotta be ready to just scroll really fast if I'm like slowly going down. So I'm like, oh no, let's just jump with it real quick. Few. The worst is when you man. like scroll past it real quick and then you just stop at another one. Like, oh no, <laughs> I wasn't just looking for the good stuff. Person looking over my shoulder. I swear. <laughs> Uh, Doug, uh, what's up with you? Where can people find you? Uh, I'm Jabaz Doug on Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok sometimes. Heck yeah. Uh, and you can find me at Saber underscore Breaker. Um, I don't, I guess I don't do too much on there either. Other yeah, than I don't really do anything on mine either. <laughs> We're all a bunch of just, we do podcasts and that's it. <laughs> I pimp the show and then sometimes when I've got the free time, I'll post drawings and stuff. But uh, that's just how it is. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. Post a review. It super helps us out. Uh, take care out there. Enjoy any holiday you might be doing. I know that that's... Or have done one. at this point. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, Canadian Thanksgiving was last month, so... Ah. You know, hope that was fun. Uh, so yeah, take care. Check you later. And get vaccinated. Bye. Bye. Bye.